Rod. I went to Arizona State. Rod. I'm a Sun Devil, man. State of the Sun Devils from Arizona Sports with Jesse Morrison, Jeremy Schnell, and Jake Anderson. Hello and welcome into a very sad edition of the State of the Sun Devils podcast. I am your co-host Jake Anderson, joined as always by Jesse Morrison. Unfortunately, we do not have Jeremy Schnell with us tonight. He is a Swifty, so that was where he chose to spend the evening. Uh, might have been spared some heartbreak. Jesse, just obviously a... a the heartbreaking 72-70 loss to TCU in the first round or the round of 62, excuse me, round of 64 of the NCAA tournament. Just your your initial reactions. Well, first off, you know, he's not going to be spared any heartbreak over there at the Taylor Swift show. You know, all the, all the songs about breakups and, and sadness over there with Taylor Swift. But Shake it off, baby. Shake re- it off. <laughs> my initial reaction, though, is just, it's just disappointment, like like you said, um, especially just because they led by 11 at the beginning of the second half, and it just seemed like they were going to steamroll TCU in the second half and kind of do what they did to uh, in, in the first four, um, and it just didn't end up working out like that. After Devin Cambridge did that reverse uh, like hesitation dunk, um, I was just like, man, this team, this team might make a legit run in the tournament. And then finally just the offense sputtered out it after, after, you know, a few too many games in a row that this team has been good uh, on offense. It, it sputtered out and we, we saw them just go ice cold down the stretch and that, that ended up being uh what what ended this this tournament run for Arizona State? Yeah, I agree completely. I, I put in in my recap that this game almost mirrored exactly what this team has been all year, and that's a streaky defensive first team that can go flaming hot as easily as it can go ice cold. You know they they were down big early, fifteen to four, right? And you were like, oh boy, this might be ugly. And then it was a game. We had twelve lead changes. ASU led for 25 minutes, and I think that's going to be the hardest part of getting over this loss is the fact that they're up by 11 in the second half, 15 to go. TCU came back, and then ASU took an eight-point lead with four and a half to go, and you really thought, hey, they're they're going to do this. They're going to pull off this victory, and we'd been talking about how they could do it, you know, and it was stacking all the little things, and it was not turning the ball over, which... They did, but that's what TCU makes you do. Um, and Bobby Hurley said after the game that the biggest two metrics that he looked at were the offensive rebounds that they allowed and the free throw disparity. I didn't think that three the free throw disparity was that great. It was 27 to 18, which still is a little lopsided, but not like U of A was. Um, and then when you look at the second chance points, I mean, they got killed offensive boards, 14 to six. They allowed 15 to five for second chance opportunities, uh, turnovers, 13 to five. They lost and points off turnovers. They lost 17 to four. And obviously in a, in a game this close, when you lose by two, it's just, it's just unfortunate. And, and, you know, Mike Miles Jr. He, you know, probably ends up being a second round pick, I think, um, 
but he's talented, man. And and no matter what they they tried to do, he got twenty six points on forty percent shooting, got to the line fourteen times. I mean, and in the final seconds, they wisely double teamed him, and uh, unfortunately. Jacoby Coles was able to hit that floater at the end. And once again, a team from Texas beats ASU in the first round of the buzzer. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say that, that miles, that guy, he's just, he can really play. Um, and he showed some serious heart there, uh, battling through that injury. Like I, I, I tweeted from our account tonight. Um, and I was like, I, I didn't want to see him leave. Like, uh, you know, it's the old, like, adage I guess if you want to you want to beat a team when they're at their best and um he was you know he was great and uh, there was a time you know I mean he didn't end up having a good game uh but Desmond Cambridge Jr. and him were just kind of going back and forth in a portion of the the uh first half toward the end and I was just like oh this is great it was great college basketball like that that game for the majority of it was just an awesome tournament game where you know ASU went down early TC was on that run and then uh ASU clawed back and then it was just kind of like a heavyweight fight it was just one team would score the other team would score and it was just that was just so fun to watch like just so many lead changes and and just the emotions in this game and it unfortunately it ended in a a way that (laughs) Sun Devil fans won't like but as just as far as tournament games go that was fun. And it, it, it capped off kind of just an, an amazing day of college basketball with uh, the 16 seed winning earlier in the day. I think it's nuts when you look at the, the stats right now. You know, TCU shot 35% from both the floor and three point range, they shot 74% from the free throw line. I mean, if you would have told me that, I would have been like, and you told me that ASU shot 48% from the field, 47% from three, and even though 67% from the free throw line isn't great for ASU, that's pretty average, it's kind of on par for them, man, I would have told you, oh, that's that's a victory. Like, how, how could you lose that game, right, if you just told me the stats, um, but you watch the game, and it was just... It was so hard fought. I, I think on, on, on kind of an underlying tone is... Yes, Dez was off tonight. I mean, he only had 10 points on, on like 27% shooting. I mean, he he was not himself, um, but he was kind of due for, for an off night, right? The team was as a whole. Yeah. He'd been playing pretty well. Um, but yeah, it just, it was such a hard-fought game, and and whether you're not you agree with the foul calls, there were a lot of them. You know, Devin Cambridge was in foul trouble. He only got to play what 22 minutes and and you know that's that's not very much you know, from a starter whereas you know you look at you look at Mike Miles who played 36 of the 40 um you had a couple guys here for for TCU who were almost at 40 you look at you know Damian Ball he played 39 minutes i mean he didn't leave the floor and and let's and i do want to talk about the positives though as, as after we talk about the negatives who impressed you the most from ASU tonight cuz for for my money i mean we can talk about the normal starters. Warren Washington, DJ Horn for me. Like I, I especially with the fact that DJ has hit eight threes in the last two games, one of them being the clutch one to tie it that I thought was gonna send the game to overtime. And Warren was great as a rim protector, and unfortunately he just he wasn't able to to affect the shot at the end by Jacoby Coles. Yeah, he he really impressed me. He was super physical, DJ. 
obviously impressed me. Um, just in the first half as a whole, um, just the bench, I thought for a second straight game, the bench really impressed me. Um, I think all four of them, Duke, Jemiah, Alonzo, and Luther, all you know had some moments like uh, Duke went to the, the free throw line, was three for four. Um, Jemiah came in and just was it hit an amazing three. Um, Alonso tied his shoe, uh, ran over and hit a fadeaway. That was one of the highlights. And then uh, Luther hit a three. So um, I thought the bench really impressed me. Uh, but going back to something I just wanted to respond to from earlier that you were talking about is just uh, the, the percentages. Is like when I when I got sat down to do this podcast, um, I just looked at it and I was just like, that's the first thing I said. It was just how did they lose this game allowing TCU to shoot 36% from the field and while shooting 48% from the field, that's just mind boggling to me how they some, excuse me, how they somehow lost um, this game. It's just, uh, I, yeah, I mean, the foul call is sure, but like ASU was called for one more foul in the game. They were called for one more foul. So, uh, I mean, there were some bad ones at the end, I guess. Uh, the, there was a fast break that Dez got called for a foul where I thought he he was totally just straight up and um, shouldn't have been called for it. But, again, I'm just never someone that likes to blame the officials on NRF, and I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of ASU fans, for some reason, think, like, the refs are out to get them. Um, I think a lot of Arizona sports fans just in general think that the refs are out to get them. And I, I don't really understand why Um, it's just, it's just never the reason why you lose in my opinion. Like unless it's, it's unless it's a situation that you like need to further investigate like we've seen in the NBA, but like, as far as just like, that might be why, to be honest, for in terms of the Arizona sports fan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we're talking about Tim but, Go- uh, Donaghy, by the way. If, if you don't know what yeah, we're referring yeah. to, yeah. So that that like that is a different thing. But like, I personally don't think that the majority of refs are that guy. So um, I just think that they're trying to do their job and you got to control what you can control. And, um, you know, down, down, down the stretch, if you get too in into what the calls the refs are making, that can get you kind of rattled away from the main goal of just trying to play your game and doing what you, you, you should do to, to win. So again, like, if ASU had made a few more, if they made three more free throws in this game, would have been completely different. We've seen this time and time again with this team, where they're in like they're like shooting sixty four percent from the free throw line, and that's just not going to get it done. So, um, yeah, again, it's just it's just not on the refs, in my opinion. Uh, I'm never going to go there. Uh, they went cold. The the rebounding offensive rebounding was absolutely dominated by TCU and. Miles Ads was was great. He was great tonight. Yeah, I agree with you on the referee aspect of it. And going back to the percentages, I guess the percentages, when you just look at those by themselves, are kind of eye-opening. But when you look at what the actual math is behind it, TCU got 10 more shots off than ASU. They shot 
six more threes than ASU and they shot nine more free throws. And while their percentage from the free uh, from three and from the field are poor, they got more attempts off. So it really kind of doesn't matter. And they got those attempts off because of the offensive rebounding, like we alluded to. So when you keep getting these second chance opportunities, your percentages may still be in the dumps, but they had more points at the end of the game. And especially from the free throw line, it, it, it just that's all that matters. One thing that I was looking forward to for this game was the return of Austin Nunez. It it kind of seemed it, the way Bobby phrased it on on Wednesday that if they advanced, he might be able to play over the weekend. And he'd warmed up, and they didn't rule him out the way they ruled him out for the first four. So I thought he was going to play. Obviously, he did not. Do you think he makes a difference tonight? I mean, I know he hasn't played since February 18th which is a long time in, in college, I mean, any sport in terms of conditioning, but you think he, Austin Nunez would have made a difference off the bench? I mean, here's the thing about putting someone back into your lineup who hasn't played in about a month. Like, that's going to disrupt the chemistry of the team, even though they've played a lot with him this year. It's just one of those things where it's like, when do you put him in? What, who do you put him in with? Like, there's a lot of things that go into that. And in a tournament game, I don't know if that's something that you want to necessarily do. As far as him making a difference, they shot really well from three. And that's kind of his strong suit of shooting. And so I don't know how much of a difference he would have made. Um, but I'm excited to see him play next year. <laughs> That's that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's just like I, I think they probably made the right call. Also, you know, we've seen recently, you know, across sports just how serious concussions are. And, yeah, you know, to play seven minutes in a tournament game, that's great. But, like, the health and safety of Austin Nunez is way more important than playing seven minutes in a tournament game. Yeah, you, you talked about looking forward to seeing him play next year and that's kind of what I want to go now is looking forward to next season. You know, Coach Hurley's going into his final year of his contract, and I'm not going to ask you if he deserves an extension or not, but in terms of where the program is, even from a couple of years ago, because from where it started to where it is now, I, I think that's not even a question. It, it's it's taken leaps from where it was under Herb Sendek. Um in terms of consistency, you know, with 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 Herb Sendek, obviously you had the James Harden years, but you had some pretty low years as well. Um, where do you think this program is? Um, and I'm and I'll let you know what Bobby said after the game, but just your thoughts, Jesse, on the the state of Arizona State basketball and, and moving forward. Well, uh, I think with this team, um, I think they are. Um, I I have liked what they have done. I've, I liked this season. It was a great bounce back year. I would love to see this team get past the round of 64. Ever since I followed this team, this is where they've got, they've gotten to is the round of 64. They've either won that game in the first four and uh, made it to the round of 64, or they got into the round of 64 Um the they the first year I really watched them was 2013-14. They were a 10 seed and they lost in the round of 64. So they did not get 
I believe they played Texas that year. That was the um, uh, infamous Texas school I was alluding to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, they, they didn't get past the round of 64. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I would just like to see them get past the round of 64. Um, you know, there's there are some roadblocks with this program. Um I would like to see some some upgrades to the arena. I think that I agree a thousand percent in, there in recruiting because um, uh, you know this is again like like Kenny Dillingham has alluded to. This is a great place to go to school um, out here in Arizona. Um, so uh, you should you should want to come out here. Um, I don't think they should move into the Coyotes arena. I think that would be if the Coyotes build a new arena. I think that would be a disaster. Uh, I'm very opposed to that and playing off campus at Arizona State. I think that that's a, that would be a horrible decision. Um, I think they should renovate DFA, make teeth wider, you know, just nicer locker room, that kind of stuff. Just stuff that'll help kids come in because they're being shown all around the the country at all these great uh, facilities, and facilities do matter in college. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see that upgrade. I think that could help them. Um, but yeah, the, really the thing that I want to see is just get past the, uh, round of 64. And then I don't know, you know, it's, it's such a wild, uh, time in college sports, but I would like to see them hang on to some of these guys that they have lost. Like, it seems like they just, there's a cycle of players usually, um, and so, you know, there's a lot of guys on this team that I really like, so they've got to do whatever they can do to keep the current guys here and not have them go to, uh, another school for whatever reason. Yeah. And Austin Nunez and Duke Brennan, I think are two guys, you know, they're freshmen and you would, you hope they stay. Um, but like you said, in the modern landscape of college sports, you have no idea what's going to happen. Um, literally year in, year out. Um, Bobby Hurley was asked after the game the uh, question about where is the state of this program and he had a very short blunt response and it was did you watch the game that's the state of the program and I and I agree and I agree with them granted yes they collapsed at the end they had this game won and I think that just comes with you know, experience in, in games like that against high quality opponents. And sometimes they win and sometimes they lose. And unfortunately, this was the night uh, they ended up being on the wrong side of it. And but these are character builders. Hopefully the guys that do stay um, can help grow with that. Um, and to go back to, to some of the things DFA needs to do um, in terms of safety for, for fans, especially with the, you know, the elderly population that we do have here in the Valley. Uh, it is a little dangerous, in my opinion, um, watching some of these folks try to go down the stairs and there is no railing. Um, President Crow did talk about that recently. He said there were no um, major injuries, but still, I, you kind of want to prevent stuff like that. Um, but yeah, look, just looking forward, I, I think that if if Bobby can continue to get uh, a core group of players. I, there's no reason why this team can't do what it did this year. You know, year in and year out. Then, you know, there are other programs that you. We don't know what's going to happen with the Pac-12, right? So we, we can't really look at it too long term in terms of where we're going to be in this conference. Um, but yeah, I, I I like to see the fact that they competed 
toe-to-toe with a, a Big 12 team, whether you think the Big 12 is overrated or not. They still competed with a team that was ranked sixth um, as a seed in the NCAA tournament. It's it's just it's tough when you lose, right? But we saw we saw U of A lose to Princeton, and no one no one thought that was going to happen. And you know it, it does suck that they don't get that chance to to play Gonzaga and and see if they can make the first Sweet Sixteen since nineteen ninety five. Um, and you know, and we we can't, you'll do this every time you make the tournament and you lose a heartbreaker like that. Um, but it just. I don't know. He's, just looking back at it now, I'm just trying to think from an overall perspective of it. Yeah, man, this sucks. I mean, as a former student, <laughs> as a former student, as a as a, I grew up here, right? And yeah. like you said with Coach Dillingham, like I, you know, full disclosure, guys, I haven't been on the pod for the last week during the conference tournament. I was dealing with some family stuff in Reno, Nevada, of all places. Um, but that was actually one thought I had when I was freezing freezing my ass off up there is, yeah, man, I want to go back home to the warmth. Like, <laughs> and so from a recruiting pitch, nothing against the city of Reno. Love my family. Love going up there to visit them. I would choose the Valley every time. Um, so I think the reason why I'm rambling about all this is just to show that if you want this basketball program to be like the football program, in that the upward trajectory that we can see, because obviously Dillingham is, is knocking this out of the park in the short time he's been here. He's only been here since November, right? He's from here, but in terms of taking over, I think if we can do the same type of thing with the basketball program, we, we've seen we've seen what Bobby can do with, so I'm not going to say minimal resources, but he doesn't have all the resources, especially not in the conference. I mean, we look at like what UCLA has, right, and what USC has, Oregon, and the, and the, those are schools that are in the tournament every year, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. It, um, it's it's just it's just going to be a long one now because you have to watch everyone play and you have to reset and you just it's not a long flight home, but it's still going to be a a pretty a pretty quiet, disappointing flight home. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I did hear them say on the broadcast, the TV broadcast today on True TV, is that uh, I think he went through. You can correct me if I'm wrong. You were there. Devin went through. Devin Cambridge went through the senior night festivities. Correct. So I was actually looking at that, and because I, I wanted to see, okay, who's leaving, who's not. So Devin has eligibility. But yeah. he went through senior night because, and it's all because of the portal, right? You don't know if this is going to be your last game or not. So you might as well go through it as if it is. And if not, you could have another one. Yeah, I want to see him come back. That's the one other thing I wanted to add about this program going forward is that would be great if he came back. I think he's been um, a very solid addition to the team and a good uh, heart guy out there. So. I think he'd be a great veteran to keep uh, around. So I'd like to see him come back. You know, who knows if he's just done with wanting to be in college uh, or if, you know, if he wants to go play pro or whatever, go into his career. You know, the, the very there's various things he could do, but I would love to see him play another year for Arizona State. Yeah, and as we are now past midnight as we record this, we got spring ball tomorrow, which is technically today on Saturday. 
quarterback availability. Um, I'm bringing that up because that will be the next podcast we will do will be in reaction to what the quarterbacks have to say and what yeah. we've been seeing at spring ball as we kind of transition now into that. And just a quick tidbit from what I've seen out there on the field, Jaden Rashada has the most zip out of any of the arms I've seen. Oh, zip. I mean, they're, I'm not, I'm not joking. Like they're running slant routes at five, six, seven yards and guys can't catch the ball. And not because it's inaccurate, because it's just, it's boom, it's right in their hands and it goes through them. So that'll take a little, a little bit to build chemistry with those, with those guys. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of give a preview as to what we we're expecting tomorrow and then what we're going to be talking about on the next podcast in reaction to that. Uh, anything else yeah. you want to add before we uh, wrap up? I just have a question for you. You mentioned Zip. Uh, you kind of clarify this, but ju- just to be clear, the Zip isn't meaning going over the the head of the rece- receivers like it was Emory Jones, no offense. No, and, and they're not really – they haven't really been throwing bombs either. So I, I, that's why I phrase it as Zip instead of arm strength because I haven't seen them throw it as far as they can. Um, and again – the everyone's in shoulder pads and helmets. The quarterbacks aren't even wearing shoulder pads yet. So it's very, you know, T-shirt and shorts-esque out there. No one's hitting each other. Well, no one's hitting the quarterback, obviously. These guys aren't even tackling, really. They're just kind of wrapping each other up. It's spring ball, right? But with with how different this program feels now, I mean, just being at practice, like, I'm, I'm literally running from period to period because... You know, if you don't run, you're going to miss something, right? Like, oh, wow. no, like it, like the, like Kenny Dillingham has has turned this thing over. There were um, some other play, like Matt Hawk was at practice on Thursday. Um, so I was talking to him and kind of because he's actually got a perfect guy to talk to. He was there for the Todd Graham era when Kenny was a staffer. So I asked him, you know, what does it feel like compared to Todd Graham, and and he told me that you know it's not completely different the same way that it is compared to the Herm Edwards era, but it is a little more player friendly. It's a little more fun and competitive to whereas Todd Graham didn't necessarily leave the best impression with some of his players. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, also, I will say, I did want to add that this is our last episode of season one. I don't know if I've told you this, uh, Jake, but w- w- as we transition into our uh, spring ball practice, that's will end our, you know, season one of our our podcast. It goes to season two, starting with the 2023 season. So 2022, 2023 football season, um, that it will be season two, episode one of the State of the Sun Devils podcast. Well, hopefully... Hopefully, we will have a better football season than we did this past time. And from a basketball standpoint, I know we got a long way to go. This was a pretty good year overall. I I do think that for a team that was picked... For for the men's team. Yes. For the men's basketball team that was picked 7th or to finish 7th by the Pac-12 media, they didn't finish 7th. They finished 5th, which may not sound that great. But they did make the tournament, which is all that really matters. They got a tournament win. Granted, it was a first four victory. 
But hey, man, they, they they did something that a lot of people didn't think they could do. A lot of people doubted them. You know, people thought Frankie was dumb for coming here from Michigan. And look what happened in Michigan. ASU not only beat them, Michigan didn't even make the tournament. So yeah, I, I think there are a lot. Obviously, you know, Warren and Dez made the right decision to leave Nevada. Um, but I just think it's one of those seasons to where you sh- the, the ASU should be proud of, of this season. It, it sucks yeah. how it ended. But and again, this is, this is no shot at U of A, but U of A is beside themselves sick as to what happened. Whereas ASU can actually hang their hat and say, you know what? Yeah, we were probably going to lose eventually, but we went out and it took a le- and as Bobby Hurley said tonight, it took a last second shot to put us down, and and yeah. that's honestly that if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. You tip your cap. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the State of the Sun Devils podcast for Jesse Morrison and Jeremy Schnell, who was a Swifty tonight. I'm Jake Anderson. (laughs) We will see you next time next week after we talk to some quarterbacks at Spring Ball. Ciao.